Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes with Trey Blossman, brought to you by Andy Wells, your realtor for all of your needs. Buying, selling, you'll hear from Andy in a minute. Or you can call or text Andy Wells at Area code 225-772-6000. Trey Blossman and I are going to recap the NFL draft for you. Got a lot of interesting observations and tidbits. Then a pretty good bit of NBA talk. Who's the greatest point guard of all time? NBA playoffs. Some other NBA things as well. Real quick tidbit on minor league baseball as well. That's all coming up here on Sports Takes. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. I'm happy to do that. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have the YouTube channel. I'm the oldest dude on TikTok. Talking sports with TK. Check it out. Let's listen to a message from Andy Wells, and then we'll be back and be joined by Trey Blossman to talk some NFL draft, some NBA, and much more. You are listening to Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan. Stay tuned. This is Andy Wells with Keller Williams First Choice Realty, and I want to be your real estate guy. Call or text me today for any and all of your real estate needs. Are you on the fence about selling your house? I have seven amazing reasons why you should have it on the market right now. I'd love to share that with you. So call or text me today at 225-772-6000. That's 225-772-6000. Once again, this is Andy Wells, and I want to be your real estate guy. 225-772-6000. That's 225-772-6000. We continue with Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan, about to be joined by Trey Blossman for this episode of Sports Takes. Once again, please share this with all of your friends. Uh, we appreciate that very much. And once again, it's brought to you by Andy Wells, realtor in the greater Baton Rouge area. Call or text Andy at 225-772-6000. Trey Blossman, is, uh, we roll into the month of May. Hello. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing fine, Tommy. I can't believe it's already May. I mean, geez, this year is flying by. Yeah, it's flying by. Unfortunately, in the sports world, in the business world, we're kind of almost on the other side of the pandemic thing. Although, Trey, one thing I noticed uh, running around Baton Rouge the last couple of days, an inordinate amount of now hiring signs at small businesses, large businesses, chains, mom and pop businesses. Everybody's just looking for workers. And a couple of friends that I know in the restaurant business, barroom business in particular, in the Baton Rouge area, they can't find people to work. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, that's, so, a, that's a so, problem, Tommy. That's a big problem right now, particularly in the restaurant industry. And the government needs to quit paying, paying people not to work. It's time to go back to work. It's time to open this thing up. Uh, I mean, this is sports takes. We don't need to get into all the politics of it. But uh, yeah. The response to this COVID-19 was far greater than it needed to be. Uh, if you kept your eye on the death rate, it was consistently very low. Uh, that was ignored. They were all worried about the infections. They were counting everything anybody got that was sick as COVID-19, counting every death as COVID-19. fact is, very few people that weren't elderly died from this. We've stifled our economy. It's time to get moving. We need to do it. Uh, I, I know restaurateurs that are hiring top flight jobs. I know restaurants looking for sous chefs and 
uh, not just line cooks. They're they're hiring good positions, management staff. They're having trouble getting people to come back to work, and uh, it's time. Let's just do it. Well, one quick thing. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, then we'll get talk to the NFL draft. But a quick note: if you hadn't seen it, get ready to laugh. Uh, the jockey who won the Kentucky Derby this past Saturday said he turned down an invite to the White House because if he wanted to see a horse's ass, he'd have ran second. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. And, of course, the social media fact, che- fact checkers, the fact checkers say that that's not true. But uh, well, just, I, I don't care if it's true or not. It's, it was. <laughs> yeah. Trey, the NFL By the way, that was a hell of a derby. That was a hell of a great horse race. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch it. And I did an oldest dude on TikTok pick of uh, Rock Your World, who's still running, I think. So, well, my, my, uh, horse, but, my horse finished fourth. Well, there you go. So, but uh, also concluding uh, about the time of the Kentucky Derby was the NFL draft. Uh, you know, seven rounds, boom. Uh, every team thinks they did great. Uh, some surprises, a couple of trades, a couple of guys going higher than they thought, a couple of guys going late, later than they thought, some not getting drafted, uh, guys that really thought they'd get picked, certainly by through seven rounds. Uh, the Saints appeared to uh, help some positions of need, but as I've always said, the true test of this draft, the true measuring stick, will be some two, three years down the road. Yeah, well, it's hard to tell right away. I think the Saints made some nice moves to question me and most everybody else that's questioning their draft is asking is why did they take Ian Book when they did? Uh, You know, I don't think he was projected to go that high. I understand he's led to Notre Dame to their most wins of any quarterback in their history. Notre Dame continues to be overrated. I think he being a Notre Dame quarterback is overrated. And, you know, he must have worn some really big shoulder pads at Notre Dame because when I watched that guy play, I thought he was a good 6'3". And now they're saying he's 5'11 or 6 foot. Uh, I, I don't know. And I've talked to a few other people that said the same thing. Well, yeah, man, I thought that was a bigger guy, you know. Uh, I, I think they could have picked him up in the sixth round, seventh round, or even as a free agent, Tommy. And I questioned using the number 133 pick for Ian Book. Uh, Same thing with Peyton Turner at number 28. That guy was projected as a second or third round pick. Apparently, a lot of that had to do with health issues. And the Saints were convinced he's healthy. And, you know, let's hope he's worthy of that number 28 overall pick. But there were some higher rated players on the board at that point that they passed on to take Peyton Turner. Werner and uh, Adebo, the Stanford quarterback and the Ohio State linebacker, I like those picks a lot. Yeah, well, you know, if the the first-round pick turns out to be like Marcus Colston did or Teron Armstead, then, you know, not that Colston was a first-round pick, then it'll be considered a good pick. Time will tell and all of that. Ian Book, Trey, I read one article that had this, like, athletic quality rating, like, you know, how good of an athlete were the guys uh, picked in the NFL draft. Ian Book had, like, the worst score of all 200-something players that were picked as far as, you know, athletic ability. You know, it's just some measuring tool, but 
the fact that he was dead last was, you know, kind of validates what you said. Like, and I don't think he can play in the NFL. I mean, he couldn't play at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, they're just so overrated. Uh, you know, they should be in a group of five, uh, not the power five. But that's a topic for another day. But time will tell on this NFL draft. One thing I noticed about the draft, you know, with no combine and the lack of personal visits and in-person scouting and the eyeball test, it seemed like lots of teams depended on players to tell them about other players, such as, you know, Trevor Lawrence. What can you tell us about Travis at the end? Boom, they end up on the same team. Maybe Joe Burrow, give us more info on Jamar Chase, although he was, you know, going to be a top four, five, six pick. And But that happened with a lot of other cases as well, even with some guys who were a year or two removed from school but had a teammate in the draft. A lot of teams depended on that maybe more than they did in the past times and maybe less going forward. But, you know, so we'll see how to, again, I'm a firm believer two, three years down the road, we'll know who had a good draft, who didn't all these pundits coming out with grading all the teams with an A minus and a C plus and all of that. Okay. That that's a person's opinion. I'd rather wait two, three years and then, then do a, a grade on who got the most out of the players they selected. Well, to be fair to the teams and the players, you, you, you do have to wait a couple of years, Tommy. Uh, among the more interesting things to me, I thought it was it spoke volumes that Joe Brady convinced the Carolina Panthers to take Terrace Marshall. I think that was a great pick. That's a first-round talent. Going back to high school, and we've talked about this, he was more of a big-time recruit than Jamar Chase was. So uh, I think he was a steal in the second round to Tennessee. Uh, I think another steal, an LSU player, Broncos taking Kerry Vincent at number 237. That shocks me. I, I would have thought Vincent never would have lasted through three rounds. Yeah, so, you know, again, uh, time will tell, and we'll see how it all plays out. And, you know, I, I guess up next for the NFL will be some some camps, and then, you know, before we know it, we'll, we'll be into the preseason in the NFL. I thought overall the draft was silly. It's far too long. The little, you know, person in the chair that Godell walked by was goofy and stupid. And then the paid supporters of teams all wearing their colors and the mask, all that was orchestrated by the NFL. And uh, I think they got to really rethink the way they do the draft going forward and, and get to the facts, get to the draft and try to not worry about all the fluff. Well, Tommy, it looks to me like they're trying to draw a wider audience and they've been trying to do that on multiple levels for some time. But as they do that, they ignore their core audience that's been watching them all these years. Yeah, and uh, they're pushing away people. They're pushing away people. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's too long. It's too much of a show. I was talking to my oldest son about how much fun it was when they first started covering the draft on television. And I'm thinking it was around 1980, 81. I know the Saints drafted uh, Ricky Jackson when Tampa had taken Hugh Green, the Pittsburgh teammates, in the first round. Uh, Saints took Ricky Jackson in the second. That's the first time I can remember watching the draft on television, and I'm pretty sure that was the 1981 draft. Do you, uh, know, when, anyway, do you know when they started carrying it on television? I do not. I'm going to guess that you're right there on it or very close to it. 
Yeah, I kind of remember that Ricky Jackson thing as well. Well, so, I was watching. Uh, he, I was watching the draft with my friend Steve Bogrand and his brother Jeffrey at their apartment okay. in Hampton, and we we were lining up ten picks ahead of the Saints pick. Ricky Jackson, Ricky Jackson, and nobody took him, and he fell uh, to the Saints. And of course, he's one of the best players in the history of New Orleans. I want to say, and I'm trying to look it up, but I want to say that the um, ESPN televised the draft before they ever televised a game on ESPN. 1980 was the first uh, year that the NFL draft was televised live. 1980. Okay. So you were you were Talk right about on the second, that. The second year, then. Yeah. 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 So there we are. In the first year, probably nobody watched because they didn't know what to expect. Or whatever, right. Right. Know. Right. Trey Blossman, as we move along here on Sports Takes, uh, NBA trying to wind down a season and uh, MVP race is wide open. Uh, these play in games, that'll be silly, but I guess they'll do it. Uh, as you know, I'm a frequent listener to Dan Patrick, national radio show. Lots of discussion there today on, on who's the, the greatest point guard ever. Um, and, of course, you know, Magic Johnson is considered by many. But then Steph Curry, a guy who you think is fabulous. And, and then I brought up Oscar Robertson, although he played a long, long time ago. If you look up his numbers, they're mind-boggling. He averaged a triple-double one year. Uh, so, you know, the guy was incredible, but your thoughts on that? I, I know you're a Steph Curry guy. Well, you know, Tommy, as far as I'm concerned, Steph Curry should wear a cape. Uh, the guy's <laughs> amazing. He put up his ninth 40 point plus game of the season last night. I think he hit seven, three pointers and he, he tends to get really hot in short bursts of time where the Warriors can just get separation from teams and the Pelicans were down big, big last night. I think they were down 25 points at one time. They got as close as six in the third quarter. Uh, and then Curry just went on a tear, and the thing lead was 15, 17 points again, and they never looked back. You know, I, I made a list of some of these point guards, and Bob Cousy was before my time, Tommy. I hear great things about him. I never saw him play. I can't pass any judgment there. We were both grade schoolers when the big O Oscar Robertson was doing his thing. Hard to pass a lot of judgment there other than going by what people say and his statistics. Another guy from that era that I thought was pretty good was Clyde Walt Frazier. Big time yes. point guard, uh, could control the game. But in the era where I have watched a lot of basketball, I have to tell you that I thought Isaiah Thomas was very good. Obviously, Magic Johnson had a skill set that few could match. You remember his rookie year, Jabbar got hurt, and he played center in one of the games in the finals, and I think he scored 42 points playing center. Uh, he was a phenomenal basketball player, very, very special. Uh, Jason Kidd was a great point guard. John Stockton, Steve Nash. Yeah. More yeah. recently, Chris Paul, CP3. And he's doing it at a very high level at 36 years old right now. And, of course, the guy's a little bit younger than that. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook is in territory few have ever gone. He's going to break the Big O's triple-double record probably before this season is over. He needs four more. He's got seven games to go. Last night, I think he put up 
12, 21, and 24. 12 points. He only took eight shots, but he had 21 rebounds and 24 assists. That's phenomenal. He's a very aggressive player, but he lacks the shooting that Steph Curry has. Dame Lillard approaches the shooting that Curry brings to the table, but Curry's also got the handles. He can drive the lane. He uses the backboard like pool players use the bumpers in the pool game. Uh, I, I think he's got it all. I think if any of them are better than Magic, it's Curry. The tale is not completely told on him yet. You know, how, how many more championships does he win, if any? Does he win another MVP? I think he makes a strong case this year, although Jokic in Denver looks to be the front runner. Uh, but if you want to have some fun watching TV, and I've been saying this for months, Tune in and watch Steph Curry lead these Warriors in a basketball game. It is just absolutely fun to watch. Last night, there was a sequence where he hit a deep three, and going back down the court, Zion, who was running at him as he was shooting and got a hand up in his face, was just laughing going back down the court because they defended to play well, and he hit like a 33-foot three-point shot. It's just that good. Yeah, well, one thing about Magic Johnson, and I think he's certainly in the discussion, it's probably out of him and Curry, with all respect to Isaiah Thomas and Nash and Stockton. But, you know, Magic was six seven, six eight back in a time when if you were that big, you were a post player, and that was it, you know, and uh, especially when he was in high school and, and at Michigan State at that size. But, you know, but his versatility and athleticism w- was up there. But, uh, you know, I got to go with Curry. I think he's more of an athlete than Magic Johnson. I don't even think it's close because Curry's actually a decent golfer and Johnson probably doesn't know what end of the club to hold. <laughs> so I, I, I would go, you know, you, you can't go wrong with, with Curry or Johnson, but I, I'd lean to Curry, you know, especially, you know, it's it's – and it was a little harder to be a point guard back then when you could put your hands on people. And the game was much more physical when Magic played. You know, Curry probably gets some whistles when somebody really doesn't even touch him. Magic probably never got one of those. Uh, yeah, well, so, you know, but it's, it's fun to talk about. And like I said, it's, it was it was brewing up all over the national media the last day or two or three. Yeah, well, it's a good subject. And there's guys lighting it on fire right now. Again, Curry, Lillard, Westbrook, all playing at incredibly high levels. And there's some good young point guards in this game. Trey Young in Atlanta is coming on. Uh, it's uh, NBA is fun to watch. You know, a lot of people don't like them. They're overpaid. They're spoiled. Yes, yes, all of that is true. But just the basketball aspect of it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of skill on these courts these days, Tommy. And, uh, you know, Magic Johnson, is he was big and he was physical. Uh, imagine if he was 20 pounds lighter than he played. He, yeah. was a bi- he was a big boy, you know. And we've seen what's happened with other players when they've lost weight. Jokic in Denver's down 20 or 30 pounds from last season, and he looks like he's the MVP now. Uh, you know, Steph Curry's in phenomenal shape. Uh, I say this, I bet he runs more miles during a basketball game than any other player in the NBA. He flies around the court. He opens up things for other people. If he cuts down the lane, two people follow him. Somebody's open. They just have to find him. Uh, just a lot of fun to watch, Tommy. Yeah, well, the NBA, that, that's tremendous athletes who are the greatest basketball players in the world. And 
that's what people want to see. That's why they buy a ticket. That's why they turn a TV on or flip on a radio, whatever it might be. So, Trey, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. I know you'll have more on that as we go forward. Uh, are the Pelicans going to sneak into a play-in no, game? No, losing last night probably ended any thought of that. They still have two games left with the Warriors tonight and one next week. I, I don't see them making up that ground. They really needed to win last night and put an L on Golden State, and that didn't happen. Uh, you know, much discussion about this play-in thing. I like it, Tommy. It keeps teams from tanking. They've already changed the way they do the draft lottery to not reward teams that tank, and I think that's a good step. But, I mean, we have teams that – wouldn't be in contention who are fighting for a chance to get into a play-in game. Look, one of them's the Golden State yeah. Warriors, who won three of the last five championships and who have arguably the best player in the game that we've just been talking about. Uh, and they're fighting for a play-in. And they're hungry for it. You know, LeBron James said he thinks the guy who created this idea should be fired. And, of course, LeBron James thinks that because his team is probably going to have to be in a play-in series. Uh, well, and you know, less than 10 people care, care about what he says. <laughs> yeah. And that number goes down every time he opens his mouth, Tommy. Uh, well, look, I, look, Draymond Green for Golden State has been on record as saying he doesn't like the idea. But I watch those guys play every night. And I promise you, he's playing real hard to make sure his team makes that play in. Right. Well, as we wrap things up, Trey, uh, minor league baseball starts today or on May 4. No minor league baseball last year due to the pandemic. So let's hope that all those guys that are chasing that dream, uh, you know, have this opportunity. It's a much smaller, condensed number of teams, but that's still an opportunity for a lot of guys to chase that dream of becoming a major leaguer one day. Uh, so I, I'm happy for that. I've been following Major League Baseball as we go forward. We'll get into some more baseball talk in the coming weeks. Uh, again, we ask everybody to share this episode of Sports Takes. Trey Blossman and I bring it to you once a week, sometimes twice a week. We thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. Trey, any closing comments? Uh, no, Tommy. Just uh, everybody have a great week, and uh, we'll do it again next time. Look forward to it. Thank you, Trey. All right, Tommy. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.